delighted to be here with you this morning and I'm delighted to see all the visitors we have and uh, just want to welcome all of you. Mark and Lori, it's been a long time. It's good to see you back. And I think Manson and Melanie, you're back. And it's good to see those that were traveling to be here with us this morning. We uh, were also blessed to have a visiting minister this morning. And he has consented to preach for us. And in a, in a minute, I'll invite him up. Um, before we do that, I just want to give an update from Alan and Brenda um, and their journey. Um, for you that are visiting, there's a brother in our congregation here that is uh, fighting throat cancer, esophageal cancer, and it's been quite a journey. Uh, Sister Brenda called me this morning and said that this past week, the treatments that he was taking they helped, but it wasn't a good week. And the, his saliva is forming into mucus, and he can't swallow or bring it up, and it's just sitting there. So they're wanting to go to the ER in Fort Wayne this morning to see, they want to see a doctor there to, and get him on some IVs so that he can have fluids, get fluids into his system. He's basically dehydrating. He can't swallow. He can't bring anything up, and that's a miserable uh, feeling. So I thought it would be appropriate this morning before we enter into the message time to just spend some time praying for Alan and Brenda and their, uh, the process today, for sure, and in the next couple of weeks. She did say that they are strongly considering doing chemo, which they had sort of pushed back on, weren't sure that they wanted to go with that, but they are at a place where they are considering that and also um, putting in a feeding tube so that he can receive nutrition as he should to help him heal. So I'd like to just spend a couple minutes now, if you don't mind praying, and I'd like to have maybe two brothers. Um, Let's do this. Let's have one brother volunteer to pray and one sister to pray for, for Brenda. So one of the men, would you volunteer to pray this morning for them? Brother Marlon. And then one of you sisters, would you pray for Brenda this morning as well? Janelle. And then I will just close that time of prayer. After that, I'll invite our visiting minister forward and introduce him. So, Brother Marlon, would you pray? And then Janelle, and then I'll close this time. Go ahead. Lord, we come before you with, uh, you know, hearts ache for Alan and Brenda. Uh, we don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is like to have cancer, to go through that kind of continuous pain. Uh, it's been going on for some time. Lord, this morning we lift Alan and Brenda to you. You're, you, you have created us. You've created the world. You, you know pain. You, you know exactly what it feels like. So we lift them up to you. Uh, we, we, we ask for your spirit to, to undergird them, be around them, put your arms around them, let them feel your love, your strength, your peace, and, and that, that, especially that peace that passes understanding. Um, 
I, I know that when you're in the middle of a battle, um, you, can, you can lose sight of, of the goal because of the sand in your eyes. And so we want to be, we want to, we want to be those, uh, the, um, we, we want to walk on either side of Alan and Brenda so that, uh, and, and help them keep sight of the goal. Um, we just pray for, for strength for them. Uh, just, we, we pray for healing if it's your will. Uh, we don't know if it is or not. Uh, we would obviously choose that. Um, and, and you know our heart's desire. You know Alan's, you, you know Alan's heart's. Um, we just lift them up, we pray for them, and uh, we pray that you let them feel your love this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Dear Lord, we just continue to pray for Alan and Brenda this morning. We just lift them to you, and we know that you understand better than we do um, what needs to happen and what is happening right now. We just pray that um, you would especially be with Brenda as she stands by Alan's side and give them um, so the peace and, yeah, the grace to go through whatever um, it's going to take to, um, for Alan. And I just pray that you would give them wisdom as they make decisions and also give a direction to the doctors and um, give them wisdom as well to um, know how to direct and, and help them in making these, these decisions. I just um, pray that you would heal Alan according to your will, or we just um, commit them to you and ask that you would... Um, yeah, our desire is to have them healed, him, Alan healed, but we just um, know that you know all things, and so we just um, want to ask that you would give us the peace and understanding and, and help us know how to support them as well in this time, and um, we commit them to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we continue to pray, and we just um, plead for your arms of uh, mercy and grace and love to um, be around them today specifically as they um, try to to help Alan um, with medical procedures. And I just pray that uh, your will would be done. And uh, I'm just grateful for Brother Alan's testimony and his... Um, his willingness to submit to your will. And I pray, God, that if it is not against your will, that you would heal. Give them wisdom in the next week to make decisions that are difficult and probably necessary. I pray that you would walk with them. I pray that there would be people who would walk with them and encourage them. And we just commit them to you this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that. Brother Dwayne, would you come forward? Brother Dwayne is um, married to uh, Amy Stoffer's sister, so that makes a brother-in-law to Dana and Amy. And you are from Georgia. I'll let you, let you introduce yourself then more. Um, he has consented to preach, so Lord bless you. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, <clears throat> Our brother has been gracious and kind enough to say that he will preach. Would you now come and enable him? Would your spirit rest on him and work through him to us this morning? As we hear your word preached, give him um, insight, 
and understanding. Help our hearts to be open and soft and pliable before you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Well, good morning. I am like a church that responds good morning. I'm used to that in our in our congregation. Sometimes when I go to preach at churches, I say good morning, it's just silence, and that's fine, but I like a response. Um, as the brother said, my name is Dwayne, Dwayne Yoder. Uh, me and my wife Jenny are from Monticello, Georgia, where I am a pastor at Lighthouse Mennonite. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here this morning. Um, I am always blessed to be with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. No matter how far you travel in this country, you can always find like-minded people, and that's a blessing. I want to go to Psalms this morning for a theme verse. Psalms 118. Psalms 118, verse 6, says this, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And we'll stop reading there for now. This morning I want to speak about the subject of fear. Fear is such a powerful force in our lives as human beings. And fear can either play a very vital role in our lives or it can play a very detrimental role in our lives. Fear is vital in that it keeps us from doing things that would bring harm to ourselves. Or it keeps us from putting ourselves in dangerous situations. From little up, we are taught to fear certain things, and that's a good thing. We, are, we learn that we're not too put our hand in the fire or touch a hot stove or play on the road, whatever it might be, that fear is instilled in us, and that's a positive, positive thing. But when we, as we grow older, and we allow fear to start to control us and to consume us, It is then that we must realize that we are now living in fear. And for the Christian, for you and I, this is not God's plan for our lives. God does not want us to live in fear. There is much fear in our society today. 
and we have really seen that over the past couple years with everything that's been happening, how people have just been consumed by fear. And it's fear that drives people to do certain things. It is fear that shapes modern society or modern politics. Fear of losing rights or freedoms. Fear of accountability. Fear of losing wealth. And we know that political parties and news organizations prey on this fear. And many, many times these fears that people have are unfounded, but they're told to fear, so they fear. People feel hopeless. They feel like there's, there's no hope in the future. They don't know what they're going to do. And indeed, as we know, there is no hope outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, but that is the key. But even us as Christians, it is easy for us to succumb to that same fear. Because we are concerned about the direction that our country that we live in is heading. We are concerned about that, as we should be. We are concerned about possibly losing our freedom to worship God as we please. Maybe we are concerned about the effect that political policies that are enacted, the effect that that will have on our businesses. But we need to remember that fear is the enemy of faith. You cannot have both. Fear is a lack of trust in an almighty God. This is a God, the almighty creator that has promised in his word that he will sustain his people. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This faith, this strong faith, in our Creator is the key to a life lived without consuming fear. Now, this does not mean that as children of God that our lives will be free from hardships. That is definitely not the case, as we have heard about Brother Allen this morning. As Christians, we will have hardships in our lives. 
but the child of God can live in peace and have a calmness in his spirit in spite of the circumstances that surround him, no matter how bad they may be. And that is something that can only come through God. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. This is a promise that we can cling to. I want to look at two different areas this morning where we can claim the promises of God's peace in our lives. The first one being we can claim the promise of peace in the circumstances in our lives. Now I want to turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Look at a familiar account here. I'll start reading at verse 35. It says, On the same day... When evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he, that is Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? That we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea? Obey him. Now, a bit of context in this story here. I don't know how much you know about the Sea of Galilee, which is the sea that they were on here, but the Sea of Galilee is a fairly small body of water, about 64 square miles or about eight miles across. But this sea is infamous if you will, for its violent storms that will arise very suddenly. Um, and this is caused by the, the cool air coming off of the hills that surround the Sea of Galilee, and it clashes with the warm air that's coming up off of the sea. And that clashing causes a great turbulence in a sea that is very shallow, well, relatively shallow. And so what happens is this turbulence causes great waves in a very short amount of time. The sky can look clear, and the next minute, you're just rolling on these great waves in the sea. And this is most likely the setting that they were facing here in uh, Mark chapter 4. And to put this further into perspective, the boat that they were in was most likely not really large. Um, it was most likely a fishing boat, which from historical evidence 
would have probably been an average of maybe 25 to 27 feet long and maybe 7 feet wide. So not a large, not a really large boat. And I don't know if any of you have been on rough waters like in the ocean or something during a storm and rough seas. It's not a fun experience. It is quite scary. The boat is being tossed back and forth. The rain and the seawater are spraying over the bow and getting in your eyes and your eyes are stinging and you can't see clearly. The waves are crashing over the side of the boat and the boat is filling with water. I imagine that it would be very hard to remain calm in a setting like that. And the disciples here, they are pretty sure that they are going to die. This is imminent death. And to be fair, under normal circumstances, that probably would be. But they forgot who they had in the boat with them. But Jesus is, he's in the back of the boat, has his head on a pillow, and he's fast asleep. The boat's sitting here doing this, up and down, back and forth, rain spraying in, and Jesus is sleeping. One of the disciples stumbles to the back of the boat, trying to stay on his feet because of the rocking of the boat, and he says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Did Jesus care that their lives were actually in danger and that their boat was currently being flooded and broken apart and they were about to be swallowed up by the turmoil around them? Did Jesus care? Yes, he cared. He cared for these men. These were his chosen followers. These were men that he loved dearly. And Jesus arose and with a few words, peace, be still. He calms the winds and the waves. And I imagine that the sea turned to a sheet of glass. Verse 4 here says that there was a great calm. And there was this tranquil moment of stillness. And the disciples were like, wow. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them this question. He says, Why were you so fearful? And I can imagine what the disciples were thinking during that moment. They were like, really? Look at what we just went through. And you're asking us, why were you so fearful? Even now, they were standing before their master, soaked head to toe, shaking because of what they had just went through. 
And Jesus is asking them why they're afraid. The disciples were also fearful because they had just witnessed witnessed something so incredible, something so powerful aside from the storm, something that they had not seen even though they had been with Jesus. And that was someone who could actually control the weather. Imagine the power that that takes. They had been with Jesus. They had wit- uh, watched him or wit- uh, witnessed him healing lepers, the centurion servant. They had seen him turn water into wine. But to control the weather, that is a whole nother level. And they say, who is this man that even the winds and the sea obey him? The lesson here is very important, both for the disciples then and for us now. God is in control. He has no limits whatsoever. And no matter how dire our circumstances are that we are in, we must realize that God is working through them to accomplish His will. And when we are being rocked by the storms of life, how do we react to those circumstances. When the way seems uncertain, when we are blinded by the spray of doubt and fear is gripping our hearts, how do we react? Realize that God is in control. Tune out the turmoil that is around you. And focus, focus on Christ. Focus on these words that Christ spoke. Peace, be still. Job 12 verse 10 says, In whose hand is the life of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind, and that is God. We are children of God, the creator of all things, and he cares for his children. He cares about the circumstances that his children are in. 1 Peter 5 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. To be able to face difficult circumstances in life without fear and doubting requires a tremendous faith. 
but it is an attainable faith if we put our trust in God. I want to look at some verses in Matthew chapter 14. Once again, we have the disciples out on the water. And at this time, Jesus is not in the boat with them. I'll start reading at verse 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And what we want to focus on here is Peter's actions through this whole account. Jesus says, Come to me. And Peter immediately jumps out of the boat and begins to walk towards Jesus. Now remember, we have kind of the same situation as we had in Mark 4 where the winds are blowing and the seas are boisterous, it says here, giant waves. But Peter is focused on his Savior. And when Jesus says, come, Peter does not hesitate. He jumps out of the boat and begins to go towards Jesus. But then... Peter starts to notice the raging wind and the billowing seas. And just for that single moment, his focus shifts to the storms around him. And notice the first thing that happens when Peter shifts his focus to the storms. He is filled with fear. And immediately, this fear overcomes his faith, and he begins to sink. When we shift our focus from Jesus to the storms that are going on around us, we begin to lose faith. And what replaces that faith? 
it is fear. And we begin to sink into hopelessness. And we are swallowed up by the fear that is consuming us and the worldly cares around us. But even in that dire situation, when we are sinking into the waves, hope is not yet lost. As Peter was sinking down into the water, and the water is beginning to fill his nostrils, and he is choking, Peter cries out and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and pulled Peter back up out of that water. There will be times in our lives when we look at the things that are going on around us and fear begins to consume us. And we begin to sink. But even in that moment of doubt, even in that moment of a lack of faith, we must remember that Jesus is right there. Even in that moment when we turn our eyes off Him, Jesus is right there beside us. And all we have to do is just call out to Him and say, Lord, Save me. And he will bring us back up out of that mire. And he will take away that fear that's in our hearts. When we have faith in God... It allows us to see our circumstances and life in a much different light. So instead of fear, we feel peace. Instead of hate, we feel love. Instead of ob obstacles, we see opportunities. Faith allows us to take our eyes off of the storm and to focus on Christ, knowing that He will save us. We do not put our faith on things on this earth. Things on this earth will cause fear. We are not of this world. We are only here for a moment. And we can be at peace in that knowing that we do not have to concern ourselves with earthly things. Yes, we are called to a purpose as Christians on this earth to spread the gospel 
and to grow the kingdom of God, but we do not need to concern ourselves with things of this world. Take your eyes off of the storm and focus on Christ. The second area then that we can claim the peace of God in our lives is in relation to the world around us. I just mentioned that we are not of this world but rather that our allegiance is to the kingdom of God. But that allegiance to the kingdom of God puts us at, puts us at odds with the world. Does the fact that the world hates you, does that scare you? Does that put fear in your heart? Throughout history, God's people have suffered immensely for their faith. A faith that they were not willing to give up no matter what circumstances they went through. There have been many faithful servants of Christ that have died in His name. Even today, we know that there are many Christians across the world that are suffering for the cause of Christ. I would say the majority of Christians in North America have not suffered persecution. But there will come a time when we will have to defend the faith and when we will suffer persecution. Jesus tells us that. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. When that time comes, will we have the boldness to stand for Christ? And this is a question that we seriously need to ask ourselves. When you are faced with torture, death, will you have the boldness to stand for Christ? Or will we bow to the world in fear? This nation has been blessed with religious freedom, and I am very thankful for that. We can worship as we please, whenever we please. But our society, the worldly society around us, is becoming increasingly hostile towards God and holy living. And what is our response to this? Will we compromise with the world out of fear because we don't want to be different, we don't want to face persecution, 
or will we continue to shine the light of Christ boldly? The modern church, the modern American church in particular, has been compromised. And the world has infiltrated to the point where it is no longer discernible the difference between the world and the church. And that is because there are many church groups that are not willing to stand for truth, but rather they cower in fear to the world. And fear brings compromise. Brothers and sisters, the body of Christ has to stand in stark contrast to the world. There should be very little similarities. And this is not always comfortable. Because most of us do not like to stand out, right? We like to blend into our surroundings. We don't want to be singled out. We want to be accepted. But the truth is that if we are living a life for Christ as God intended us to, we will not be comfortable here. Are you willing to accept that fact? We will not be accepted by the world if we are living for Christ. Matthew 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is what we are called to do. We are called to stand out, to shine Christ to the world. Does that scare you? Fear is what causes so many Christians to pledge their allegiance to earthly kingdoms. And that means involving themselves in politics of this world. And unfortunately, we as Anabaptists are not immune to this. It is very disheartening to see the number of Anabaptist Christians that have compromised and have become very outspoken in the area of earthly politics. Very disheartening. Many Anabaptist people have compromised the belief in the separation of church and state by voting in presidential elections. Once again, we are not of this world. Do not let the fear of this world consume you to the point where you compromise 
your allegiance to God's kingdom. Jesus said in John 18, 36, said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. To which kingdom do you belong? Where does your allegiance lie? Are you bold enough to pledge allegiance to Christ's kingdom? Fear also causes us to refrain from carrying out the commission of Jesus Christ, and that is to witness to the world around us. You know, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier that we do not like to stand out. We do not like to be in uncomfortable situations. And because of those human tendencies, spreading the gospel can be very difficult for a lot of Christians because of the fear that comes along with that. And that's a, that's a real thing. I think everybody can say they have experienced that. But we are called to spread the gospel to the world. There's a very popular quote that has gone around for some time where it says, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. That is a very dangerous quote. Yes, our lives should be examples of Christ at all times, but in no way does that excuse us from preaching the gospel as we are commanded to do. These two things are synonymous. We live what we preach, and we preach what we live. Why are we so afraid to witness for Christ? We have such a tremendous opportunity, especially in this time, to share hope with those around us. So many people are looking for answers. They're looking for hope. And the answer is Jesus. Can we give that to them? Or will we allow fear to prevent us from sharing this gift with others? Will you be silenced by the world? Mark 8 verse 38 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... Of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Do not let the world silence you, but be bold for Christ. I want to look at a few things here on how we can 
overcome fear because fear is a real part of our lives. We are all human. We are all going to experience this fear. Thankfully, God's Word gives us the answers. The first thing is we overcome fear through our trust in God. And we've talked about this. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we read the verses from Hebrews 13 at the beginning of the message where it says, He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So our faith, our trust in God allows us to overcome the fears in life. And this is a real thing, brothers and sisters. If you are facing fear in your life, Talk to God. Put your faith in God, and I guarantee you those fears will subside. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. God is completely just, completely righteous. God is all-consuming. Yet He loves His children. He loves his children with a love that we cannot even begin to understand. And he cares for them. So we overcome fear through our trust in God. We overcome fear through the reading of God's word. There are many verses throughout Scripture that address fear directly, and we've read some of them this morning. But there is a peace and calm that comes to the soul when we just read God's Word. No matter what Scripture you may be reading, it'll bring peace to your soul. It is through God's Word that we see the attributes of God that we just talked about. His power, His majesty, His love, His holiness. And these words bring great comfort to us, knowing that God is in control. Fear is, fear is born out of the unknown. And God's word illuminates and clarifies, and guides. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we do not need to go through life blindly and fearfully, but with boldness rooted in God's word. We can overcome fear through prayer. Prayer, very important. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your request be made known unto God. Communication with God is vital. Because it is through prayer, along with the reading of God's Word, that we gain spiritual strength and boldness. It is through prayer that we draw near to God and He draws near to us. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. A Christian who lives in fear is one who is not spending enough time in prayer. I can assure you of that. Finally, we overcome fear by keeping our focus on the kingdom of God. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Our time here on earth cannot be spent worrying and fearing about the issues and the functions of an earthly kingdom. Rather, our time must be spent focusing on God's kingdom and growing that kingdom. But how does spending time growing God's kingdom alleviate the fear in our hearts? Several things. First of all, it takes our focus off of the things around us. And the other thing is that it helps us to recognize what is really important in life. Because in light of eternity, the things of this life are as vapors, as the Scripture says. It is nothing. The worries and the cares and the fears that we have in this life are nothing compared to eternity. But the millions of souls that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, now that is something. And that is where our focus should be. Everything on this earth is temporary, but souls are eternal. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And 1 Peter 5, verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, 
and strengthen you and settle you. So focus on doing the work of Christ. The work that we are commanded to do and God will give you boldness and peace in your hearts. So this morning, if you are living in fear, I hope and pray that you can find the strength to overcome that fear. And you can overcome that fear through a renewed relationship with Jesus Christ and a focus on heavenly things. Remembering that the things that we suffer here are temporary. I would like to close with this verse from John 14. John 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, 